Hey folks, welcome to Crit Hit Interviews, the podcast where we ask not only our own questions, but also questions from you, the community. If you would like to ask questions to your favorite indie devs, join our Discord community over at discord.me slash crithit. With that out of the way, let's get into things. I'm Shrimp, and today I'm joined by Arlene. Hello. And Lovi. And today we're interviewing Michael Vansley from Marmosage Games. How Hello. You I'm doing good. Thank you. All right. So before we get to talking about Bannerman, let's talk about you a little bit. You, we know you have a collection of armor and weapons that helped you make Bannerman. Uh, what is that normally used for? Are you in the Renaissance fairs or LARPing? Uh, okay. So um, I originally, I used to be a reenactor. So I used to do um, like 15th century uh, War of the Roses type reenactment. And um, since then, I've kind of have turned into a, like a bit of more of the LARPing scene. We don't really have much of a Renaissance fair. Um, it doesn't really exist over here in Australia. So um, yeah, it's more like the LARPing scene is what I'm part of now. But I used to do the real hardcore, um, real strict reenactment where it's like, oh, you got to make sure you got the right buckles on your shoes. That's not period and all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it sounds, they both sound fun. They are a great time, but the, the best thing about the, the LARPing compared to like the um, the real strict reenactment is you get a lot more people involved. So instead of doing something with 20 or so people, you do it with a couple of hundred, yeah. which um, oh, sort of builds the scale a bit more, a bit easier to get into. So you get more people involved. <laughs> so uh, you started making text adventures in mid-90s using QBasic mods for quick one custom levels for zzt but is there anything you think you took from those experience that helps you now oh yeah um yeah absolutely like the main thing i took from playing around a lot as a kid is i have a pretty good repository built up my brain of i things i know that work and don't so i have failed many times at many different things and i know sort of the wrong way to go about it, I suppose would be the best way to put it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I want to I want to draw a menu, for example. I can think back at the many times that I've made the worst menu possible. And I can sort of use that now to make sure I actually have a better idea of what I know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. I always think of, I always think of game development is, it's failing upwards until you actually have something that's any good. <laughs> so um, I've, Fail I've failed many times before. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, the best way usually to know how to do something is to know how not to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, my so, yeah. days, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, like those text, text adventures I made in QBasic were some of the worst Zork clones that have ever existed ever. <laughs> but I imagine God. if I went to make a text adventure now, it'd probably be okay because I've made so many of them that were just awful. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and I mean, like the dialogue in Bannerman, though it's a little sparse here and there, is still like solid. Uh, man, I, guess, I cannot uh, yeah. imagine it being a happy text adventure though. No, no, that's it. It's such a uh, Bannerman is such a a dark, depressing game. So, yeah. um, but that was a yeah, that was sort of a new thing that I tried. A lot of my my typical thing is not such a morose sort of setting for everything, but um, that was something new that I tried on Bannerman. All right. So, uh, in regards to Bannerman, 
a lot of people have probably already touched on the game in regards to reviews, streaming, and Let's Plays. Do you have a favorite memory of watching someone play your game, whether it's on YouTube or at a convention or even just someone testing it? Oh, I um probably my favorite one uh, experience with Bannerman is watching someone play. Is um it's actually one of my friends really early on when I was just um trying to refine some of the stages. I think so. The actual gameplay mechanics were in place. But uh, I was more working out, you know, sort of distribution of enemies and things like that. And he was actually fighting the ranger boss. And oh God! He <laughs> this back then he uh, we had a lot more health for testing purposes. So he essentially had like a good thirty or so hits that he could take, just so we could sort of figure out what was going on without having to constantly restart. And he copped about 30 arrows to the face in rapid succession, one after the other. And then I sort of went, oh, maybe I should tweak that AI a little bit and make it a little bit more predictable in terms of how he fires the arrows out. Oh, God. Because at that point, it was actually semi-random when he fired. And yeah. it was that was the worst decision that I ever made. That. So I'm, I'm glad I caught that relatively early on. But that was... Um, yeah, that was an experience watching that unfold in front of me. I was just watching him do it. I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, little mistake there. I might try to tweak that just a touch. <laughs> the problem is, of course, is um, is because I made the game, I know exactly how all the timings work and everything like that. So it's the hardest thing to balance is your own game without outside uh, input. So I'm, I'm there playing through that boss and I'm like, oh, it's perfect, I can do it without taking a hit. Look how easy that is. Uh, 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 might, be a little, might be a little bit too easy, actually. I might have to up that just a touch. Um, and then this sort of made me realize, um, so it became my way of balancing going forward was if I get hit playing through something, for example, so playing through a boss, if I take a hit, I go, that's probably too difficult. And I should be able to play through it without getting hit at all. And then that was sort of my benchmark for the difficulty itself. Huh. Yeah, the, the ranged characters in that game, I was just like, you bastards, but especially the archers. <laughs> like, like, the cleric's projectile is pretty mean. The rangers, I always found their their timing a bit hard because I was listening for the noise for when I dodged, and that wasn't yep. always the best indicator. <laughs> I, I noticed it didn't always directly align. I was like, damn it. The air ones were fine. The ones that like drop on you, I like yep. can dodge those all day. It's the straightforward ones. So it's just like, and I dodged into it and got knocked back <laughs> and he shot me again. Okay. Yeah, but you like, know, I, 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 I like the ranger though. He's fine. He's perfectly well back. Fuck the cleric. I said, said it in the review. I will say it now. Fuck the cleric. Do not it's like funny. him. The the one that most people seem to be having problems with on the whole is um actually the big the big fellow with the shield, the Colossus, seems what? to be the one that drives no. most people up the wall. And I find he's, him the, the probably the easiest. So um, yeah, that actually, to... he's really slow and you can bait him into doing stuff and he has these yeah, really exactly. long times the the bruiser like the first guy can corner yep. you and if he ever does you're just dead because he just keeps knocking you down i found that yes. out in like you see it in the review actually you just watch him like laying just into me like i owed him money <laughs> yeah he beat me like i owed him money it was not good <laughs> 
Um, I completely mopped the floor with you. Yeah, it, it was a little <laughs> embarrassing. The next time I went in there, I had saved a bow for that and just walked in there and filled him with arrows and just kept yeah, walking. Just five five <laughs> arrows to the face. Yeah. Because <laughs> because they do a damage straight to health and he never has armor, so it's just like tunk 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 tunk. Oh, onwards. Let's go. Yeah, that's it. A viable strategy. <laughs> Uh, but the cleric, like, no matter what, I generally find them really tricky, and it's partly because they spam minions. Even the man-at-arms, he can summon a minion, and it's yep. tankier than those, which was an issue later. But as long as you don't give him an opportunity to summon them, it's not too bad, and you stay really aggressive. The cleric keeps teleporting back when you're hitting him, and then summoning minions and shooting you with a ranged attack while you're dealing- I was just like... Oh, the, the, the dodge timing is terrible here. Because I would like, <laughs> dodge one attack into another and just be like, cries. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't die more. Like, no, you I'm did somehow amazingly above well. Yeah, which I'm amazed. I'm like, I'm somehow above the bell curve. Like, oh, yeah, by quite a bit. You're sort of online for a lot of uh, the testers, to be honest. So you came pretty close. This is people that have played it multiple times before sort of different iterations but they basically died about as much as you did i mean i do qa as like a hobby thing almost because i like there you go. helping indie people and so i play a lot of games obsessively. yeah well <laughs> well yeah that's it that that's that always helps <laughs> yeah i definitely died a lot more on my playthroughs so i was like man why is arlene so good at this game <laughs> yeah Oh, did you tinker with it while I was like asleep? Yeah, I how, died how like. Was it? I think I died like three times on the ranger boss actually. So, but oh. I found it once I figured out like how it works and everything. It wasn't hard, but it yeah. helps if you come in there with full armor too, because he's just he's really bad if you have no armor because he just peels you apart. Mm -hmm. uh... So you did pretty much everything for Bannerman. But you did have help for some things. How did you find the people that did end up working with you, like Just or him and Jonathan Sordello? Oh, actually, um, I I met them probably oh geez, it'd be like six, seven years ago, sort of friends of a friend, and we've become really um really good mates since then. And it's it just happened sort of happy coincidence that they happened to be uh, in a couple of bands over those years, and they've both been playing the guitar for an extremely long period of time, and. The sort of music that they've done in the past was a pretty good fit. Um, we sort of basically took what they used to do, went acoustic with it, and um, yeah, it just happened to be a good fit for it. So that's sort of just a happy coincidence knowing those guys. And awesome. yeah, they did they did a really good job. But um, yeah, I, thankfully I didn't have to sort of trawl around trying to find um, you know suitable musicians and that sort of thing and tee up recording sessions and that sort of jazz. It's really lucky. It's like, oh, I have a friend that does the things I need. Like minstrel yeah, exactly. style music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, they're they're really versatile sort of guitarists. So they've done like, they, they do do metal and things like that quite a bit as well. So um, yeah, they're kind of jack of all trades. They've, um, they've done a fair amount of uh, session musician sort of um, gigs before where you basically just turn up and play a part for another band. Um, in a recording studio or similar so they've kind of they've played most genres and most styles and you know they can do all of them equally well 
Is it bad that mm. I'm almost hoping for a metal remix of like a band? <laughs> <right now>? <laughs> <laughs> that that has uh, happened. Um, that has happened in the recording sessions quite a lot when we're sort of mixing everything together. We're like, let's just do just a little quick, quick little metal version of that. <laughs> <laughs> you should have recorded those and posted them. Great. That would just be like awesome. a, a metal version of it with like highlights of some of the more grittier violent war scenes in bannerman be, be perfect i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i've got some of those recordings somewhere they'll be buried somewhere on some hard drive um actually yeah i should have another look and see if they're still there <laughs> <laughs> oh well in regards to the game is there anything that you really wanted to add in and just couldn't make it Oh yeah, there's there's absolutely tons. So um, when original, like sort of originally planning out Bannerman, the the overall sort of like list of things I wanted in the game just was almost innumerous. But um, just due to the nature of basically making it by yourself, I just had to cut so much down to actually make it into something that I could achieve. And even even then, it still took me like over two years to get it done. Um, originally, like. To give you an idea of like the original concept for it, um, you have, you have multiple weapons, like main weapons that you could use. Um, so there was going to be a pole axe and uh, sort of like a like a large like Dane axe and a spear that you could also use. But that would require doing all the animations for all of those as well. Um, there was going to be uh, almost RPG sort of aspects to it, where each day when you camp, then you had different decisions to make and almost like you're leading a group of men yourself and but all those sorts of things it's just uh, as i went through it up when i was planning it out properly i decided to cut everything out that wasn't absolutely essential to what i wanted the game to be so i, I basically sat down and went what do i want to have happen in bannerman i said really good combat and i go okay so then you don't need these rpg aspects you don't need this monetary system that you're planning out and trade routes and things like that i'm like get rid of that get rid of this so there's yeah in terms of the actual list of things that i wanted to put in there there's hundreds or thousands of them but um yeah that's sort of making any game to be honest they they all just get cut at some point <laughs> because of that though are you planning on making any games in the future that like include some of those elements that you really liked or alternatively oh, uh, adding any of those features later on to Bannerman, like there was the gauntlet that got added later on. Yes, um, there's not really there's not really too much more I want to add to Bannerman itself at this point, uh, outside of perhaps tweaking some of the levels and um, changing how some of them work um, based on sort of how I've seen people get through them and cope with certain sections. Um, but that's, that's sort of an ongoing process, so you can almost call that patching really at this point. Um, in terms of putting sort of things I wanted to in future games, and definitely there's some um, there's some things I'd love to do there. I'd love to basically take what Bannerman was going to be and remove this combat system out of it. And I think that on its own could actually be quite a good game. It'd be almost a strategic, um, almost something along the lines of uh, FTL. Really, would what it end up being <laughs> at the end of the day. So um, yeah, there's definitely there's there's lots of things like that and. In saying that, the reason Bannerman came about in the first place and that sort of combat model came about was because of games I've made in the past and I cut out certain sections and that's why Bannerman ended up coming about. So, um, yeah, it constantly works like that. There's like a, I've got a giant book um, just behind me, actually, that's just full of things that I want to put in the game one day. So <laughs> there's, there's many things. That's actually pretty good. 
yeah, there's like, yeah, so there's many things in there. Um, so they'll all end up making it into a game at some point, I'm sure of it. Because of that, actually, do you ever plan on uh, building a studio, like having more people help you work on games so that you can achieve that goal? Yeah, I would, I would absolutely love to end up having a like a proper studio one day. So um, following on for Bannerman, Bannerman has been enough of a success now that my uh, wife can come work with me on the next game. So I've sort of taken one step up. So she was working full time while I was um, working on Bannerman and I was working sort of just weekends while that was happening. Um, it's made enough money now that she can essentially uh, leave her full-time job and come work with me on the next game. So That's all good. things going, yeah, it's it's gone well. So all, all things going well is that will, so that I can kind of build on that with the next one and the one after that. And then eventually, yeah, get something big enough that I can tackle sort of larger scope projects because that's what I'd, I'd love to give that a try rather than working on what is necessarily always a small scope um, when you're working basically by yourself. Alright, so you made a documentary about your process making Bannerman, and it's fairly unique. How did that come about? Ah, yeah, okay, so, um, yeah, the, the sort of Just Make Game series. Um, I have always liked editing and filming videos and that sort of thing, um, and I came to a realization rather early on, it was actually sort of just before starting on Bannerman, that I would need to do something that kept people informed with the process so uh, you know they can follow along as the game sort of develops and eventually comes out and i looked at the ways that most people generally do sort of dev blogs and that sort of thing where it's normally just a it's like essentially a tumblr or something similar just a bunch of text posts couple of images and i'm not the um i'm not the best writer in the world when it comes to just writing out big text posts of what I've been doing and it's it's not something I particularly enjoy so I thought I would just turn it into a video format instead because I find it much easier to talk to a camera and then edit it together after the fact than sit there and go hmm, what am I going to write for this month oh yes I started this and did this and so on and so on but um that's been a that's been a really beneficial thing um that's probably one of the best things I did in um with the development of Bannerman was doing this video process because um people have taken to it really well and i've sort of i've ended up building up quite a core little fan base through mainly through those videos that follow along sort of step by step of the way and they're sort of they're all really interested waiting for the game to come out and i wouldn't have had that um sort of support if i didn't do anything at all if i or if i took a different approach i feel um i think it sort of drew a lot of people in and it sort of most people were interested in sort of how it is to make a game and not the sort of overproduced videos that you see where everyone's like oh we all get along great look we just tapped on a couple of keys oh fantastic it's done now what a nice time it's more it's more like you know each month one comes out and this is going over for over two years and it's you can sort of watch me go slowly insane as it as it progresses along to be honest. <laughs> I actually so found like it really little... neat too, because there's like almost a tutorial aspect to it as well. Like when you're yeah, that's right. For instance, things like the rotoscoping. 
Yeah, yeah. So like, it's that's it. It's like a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there interested in how games get made, and there there are things sort of covering how it works and and that sort of jazz. But they never really go all that in depth with it. It's kind of like this mystical art. They go, oh yeah, great. Oh yes, oh, it all just sort of happens in the studio. We don't really we don't really show you anything that happens. And then they go, oh look, we've got a demo and that just appeared out of nowhere. Um, so. I, I sort of wanted to go a bit more um, sort of raw with it and just show people what it is like, especially from my perspective of essentially quitting my full-time job at that point and going, look, I'm just going to make a game and we'll see if it works or not and you know, to see what happens if you do that sort of thing. Fair enough. So for this process, would you actually recommend it for others to do the same thing? Do you feel it would actually benefit a lot of other indie developers? Yeah, I, I, really, I really do think so. And it, I think... It doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. If you're doing a video or, um, you know, text posts or whatever, it's just, as long as you pick something that you're good at, then I think it's one of the best things you can do is have something where people can follow along uh, and follow along with the actual development of the game. So for, I don't necessarily think that videos would be the perfect fit for every developer out there, especially if you've never filmed anything or you don't know how to edit videos and you don't have the right equipment for it then probably not the best choice. But if, for example, you have, you know, a really, really nice, smooth talking voice and a lovely mic and you've done podcasts and things in the past, then I think like a development podcast would also be a very good choice. Um, it's more just everyone, every sort of developer out there needs to do something because the, the people that will follow along with development are the people that are most interested in the game. And you need some way of assisting them to actually follow along and follow the game from beginning to end and a, a lot of developers seem to develop in this like little vacuum they basically insulate themselves in the world work on their game and then when it's finished they go ta-da and sort of open a little box and the game flies out and most of the time no one cares because there's so many games around these days that you go ta-da and everyone's like what oh yeah i'm not really too interested in that and it's it is very important to you know, involve people in the process because then they get invested in the game itself. So, you said you were inspired by Genesis games like Flashback and Golden Axe. Uh, were there any non-game inspirations for Vanderman? Yeah, um, so pro probably the most um, sort of storyline-wise is probably where mostly inspiration comes from, but it's basically uh, a lot of the things that happened in the War of the Roses in England back in the sort of 15, 1600s. Um, there, that was a very sort of tumultuous time historically where there were a bunch of kings all proclaiming themselves as kings and other people going, no, I'm king. And it was all this basically big civil war. And there are a lot of people that are somewhat like our Bannerman there that ended up just blindly following along from what people were telling them to do. And they'd end up getting captured by one side and then the other side would be like, all right, you go over there, take that town. Then they get captured and they'd end up flipping sides. and. These people were essentially just plodding along, doing whatever anyone told them to do. And it's sort of the, the concept of chivalry and the, the, the glorious knight and all that sort of thing wasn't really something that actually existed. <laughs> and yeah, so your game heavily deconstructs that theme with like, you're doing this to regain your honor and goddamn the things you do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's and, and it was always, everything was sort of veiled in that honourable thing. So it's like, oh, you need to go over there and absolutely slaughter that village of people because that's the honourable thing to do. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, brilliant. That's all I need to get on board, you know? So, I'm very chuffed so, to do this. 
Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. You know, what a what an honourable thing. So yeah, it's sort of it's all the reading about some of the things that happened in that sort of big like civil war period is I, I sort of shaking my head at it, going, "This is ridiculous." And then you know, it's but it's the the sort of product of the environment that they're all you know built up into. So it's all about honour and you know serving your lord and all that sort of thing. So that was the biggest sort of non-game inspiration for Bannerman for sure. What actually sparked your interest in medieval combat and such? You know, that's actually I'm not even sure to be honest. That's that's going back quite a quite a way now because <laughs> when I was doing um yeah, when I when I started doing reenactment, that was quite a few years ago. So that'd be going on sort of 8 8 7 8 years ago or something like that when I first got into it. I really couldn't tell you actually what originally Wow, I'm sort of having to think now and I'm I'm totally at a loss. So I really can't <laughs> tell you. You know what? It was probably just the shiny armor, to be honest. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, part of it yeah. is as I was playing the game and looking at the combat animations, like, the first time it really clicked for me was when I used the heavy attack and he flipped it around and pommel bashed the guy in the face. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, actual, like, old school medieval swordsmanship. Because that's. Yeah. A thing that's there, but it's not something that you see in a lot of video games. I don't no. think you see it really at all, because it's. No, so I was yeah. like, holy shit, he knows about swordsmanship. We need to ask him about this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like things are like. So, all the, all the animations in the game were like, that was that's me doing those sort of moves and that sort of thing. So, whenever you see any of the characters do pretty much anything that's basically just me with me rotoscoping my footage of it um so a lot of that sort of thing i really wanted to put in some of the like historical sort of techniques for the different weapons in there like a lot of how the um the spearman uses his spear as well is is very sort of true to what we've got written down and that sort of thing so but yeah the, the pummel bashing the murder stroke as they call it i, yep. I love that that's one of my favorites so <laughs> uh, yeah. it's one of the first things i'm like <laughs> i've got to include that <laughs> pretty sure it's a favorite for most people who are in yeah it's just it's just the, <laughs> also it's one just of the so most, solid in the game gotta do it <laughs> yeah it's one of the most sort of brutal things that you can really think of you're like i'm gonna take this sword and you know what i'm not gonna stab you with it i'll turn it around and use it like a big club that's perfect <laughs> cave a skull in move on yeah which also like, like the detail in the death animations was like well Jesus. actually the animations in general i found your whole process on them very interesting and very impressive <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, so that's um, that's main. That's where a lot of the inspiration from uh, Flashback, especially, came from. That was a game I loved as a kid, mainly because it had such ridiculously smooth animations. And don't play the remix. Was... No, no, <laughs> don't do it. Oh, it took the main thing it. I loved about it. I regret it. it. Just put it in the bin. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did it, and I was like, I, I mean, the gameplay wasn't bad, but voice acting and everything i was like oh, oh. yeah, yeah no. like yeah, if they no. if they'd taken out all of the voice acting and the let's make this hip it wouldn't have been a bad remaster but it yeah. was like the, the t you know what it has an appeal because of how cheesy and bad the dialogue is <laughs> yeah they like it falls into so bad it's good sort of territory yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that's how i looked at it i was just like god damn it <laughs> Yeah, no, not for me, not for me. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but yeah, I take it that sort of also crossed into you did the enactments. How many years of like training in that sort of style of combat do you have? Oh, so let's have a look. So uh, reenactment, yeah, I was probably doing that for I think I was doing that for two, two and a half or three years, and then since then I've when I when I was sort of moved over to the LARPing, for example, I started doing some courses in in what they call HEMA. So that's uh, historical European martial arts. So basically, just fancy term for you know hitting people with swords, basically. <laughs> um, so that I've been doing that for a couple of years as well. So I'd I'd, I'd hazard a guess at maybe four or five years. I, I'd say. Okay, so you've already sort of alluded that there is another game you're going to be working on. Is it going to be a Berserker Quest 2, a Bannerman 2? <laughs> are you going to... Um, any hints for us in the audience? Any hints? No worries, I can, I can do hints. <laughs> so it will not be... Um, I'm not looking to do a, a Bannerman um, sequel. Or anything like that. I've, to be honest, I've had enough of um, animating swords and and people in <laughs> armor and things like that for at least a good couple of years. So um, <laughs> the sort of the thought of doing any more medieval sort of um, theme two D games uh, just no, it makes me sick at this point. To be honest, little um, little burnt out. Yeah, just a touch, just a touch. So. Um, um, I would love, just speaking of Berserker Quest quickly, I would love to do some more Berserker Quest games. Um, so I will be doing some more of those in the future. They will always be little free games that I just enjoy doing. So they're kind of like a look at the way RPGs were handled back in the day in a sort of slightly mocking way. So, so I'd like to do um, like a couple that go really right back to almost Atari level. And sort of, you know, like look at how Atari RPGs really worked. But for the for the new game, I can, um, yeah, I can tell you sort of basically what it's what it's going to be about. So it's essentially it's a it's a roguelite or a roguelike element type game uh, where you you yeah. <laughs> I, I love roguelikes and roguelikes like Death State. Uh freaking rogue legacy dead cells mm. etc i just i adore them the the whole the whole idea of this is you um you're making your way through sort of uh, uh abandoned temple basically and the idea is is playing throughout the whole thing there is a god essentially over your shoulder that is um giving you commandments that you have to adhere to and these start getting more restrictive as you start playing through. So he'll be, you know, thou shalt not wear armor, thou shalt not evade attacks and things like that. And it starts building and building the further you get down, the stronger your character gets. But it's your choice whether or not to obey the god. So you can choose to go bugger you, mate, and I'm going to do my own thing. But in which case, he will start getting very grumpy with you and potentially making you run more interesting in certain ways through his influence. Whereas if you follow along with what he wants you to do, then things will probably get somewhat easier for you or he'll be somewhat nicer to you, but um, you'll be more restricted in what you're sort of able to do and the techniques you can utilize. So that's a sort of the general overview of what we're looking at. That's a pretty <laughs> cool I concept. Take it, I take it the commandments are gonna be somewhat random yes yes so t in typical oh, no. roguelike fashion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of random stuff but yeah the handicaps yeah, all sorts of fun getting. stuff 
Oh man, that sounds interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, cause like, I'm currently already delving in like a couple things, as mentioned Dead Cells, and like, Dark Devotion is another one, and it's just like, I love those things where you have these handicaps that you can work within, or just be like... Yes. No. <laughs> just fuck everything, and this can have no repercussions struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I exactly. go, well, fuck it, I'm gonna kill you, god. And that sometimes goes yeah. well. Sometimes. Deicide is a thing. <laughs> so the um, so the, the general idea for, for this sort of game, which at this moment, uh, the working title I've got for it is just Commandment, but that might change. But um, the general idea was playing, um, I think it was Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup, which is quite a sort of um, a real staple rogue roguelike roguelike sort of thing and that has some very interesting gods within it and mm. they were always my most my, my favorite runs in those were anything involving having sort of like a trickster god or something that is basically screwing up your entire run the whole way through and the the general thing from there is maybe i can make basically an entire game out of that concept oh is there actually going to be multiple gods that you can potentially choose to follow and they would influence different ways, or is there just going to be, like, the one? Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah, there's essentially, there's one god, but he can act in different ways, so you can select. So there's, um, there are multiple gods for, for a gameplay um, purpose. There's multiple gods. Okay. That, that's interesting. Yeah, so they'll, you know, you can pick, you pick all the different types and the, the different personalities, and they all got their own little benefits and drawbacks to them, so... Alright, so uh, another thing I would like to know is, so with Bannerman done, what are your current plans in regards to like your tutorial videos like the rotoscoping and marketing for game tutorials? Are there any topics you still plan on covering in the future for those? Yeah, there's. I'd, I'd love to um, just keep going with them at the moment. There's something I really, I really do enjoy doing those, and um, the the only thing with them is to get ideas for the different uh, tutorials. And the best way that I've found to do that is to go on game developer forums or Facebook groups and things like that, where people are asking questions and getting really, really bad answers in response. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sort of I sort of look at it and go, no, that's all right. That's probably a good thing to do because a lot of these forums have a lot of um, well, they basically have a lot of people that haven't made any games before, giving other people that haven't made games before advice about how to make a game. And okay. so you've essentially got you get a lot of blind leading the blind in some of these particular groups, not all of them, but some of them. And like the things like marketing, for example, my I did that video. On, um, in particular, because I saw a lot of, oh, no, you don't market your game. No, like, you just make a good game. You don't worry about marketing. That's that's something that sort of big AAA studios do. You don't have time for that. Just make a good game and put it out there. And I'm like, that's the worst advice you could give someone making a game to just not tell anyone about it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's sort of, I'll have to go looking through some of those forums again, to be honest, <laughs> and get some more ideas. Wow. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, I had an actual little side question here that more doubles back towards Bannerman theme-wise. And it's something we sort of touch on in the review, minor thing, but I found it very interesting that it paired off that you're under Crowley and he is a dick. Like, yes, I, he is. <laughs> I, I loathed that guy and was like, I'm just waiting for the opportunity I can kick you in the nuts. <laughs> I appreciate that there is that you can kick people in the nuts in Bannerman. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found that with the sword and shield and was like, ka-ching, yes. Yes, you're like, nut kick, done. <laughs> but... I ended up actually really liking... Uh, God damn it, other lord's name. Not Crowley. Uh, uh, Randall. Randall. I really liked Randall, and I was like, wait a second, he just punched me in the thing. He never... <laughs> And I thought about it, I'm like, A, that's really humiliating, but B, the only time you're able to use a punch in the game is when you're choosing to spare someone. Yes. So he went out of his way to spare your life, despite the fact you're swinging, like, a broadsword at his face. Yeah. And I was like, why am I serving Crowley? He's a dick, and like Randall doesn't even seem like a bad guy. He was like going over. I'm just like, oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> as um, as <laughs> as uh, Josh, my one of my music fellows said, he's um, Bannerman is not the smartest man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. You kind of notice that as you go yeah. through. I mean, I really liked how it addressed things like PTSD and guilt because of, like, all the dreams he gets. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's he's got a bit on his, on his mind here. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's something in particular I wanted to, I wanted to sort of address is, um, people, a lot of people think that sort of, um, PTSD essentially, oh, it's that started with World War One, and we called it shell shock, and sort of before that, everything was fine. It's, um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <there's>, no. <laughs> There's a lot of sort of a big history of, yeah, we didn't call it PTSD, but we called it all sorts of different other things throughout history. And, it, you know, it goes for all the way back. And, um, yeah, it's sort of something people like to gloss over. Um, sort of, especially it all falls under that idea of the, the chivalrous knight and all that sort of thing. And, you know, people are like, oh, the, the medieval uh, sort of period was this happy time. And it's like, it's basically like Skyrim. Glorious. Glorious adventurers skipping off in the sunset in their shining armor, arm in arm. Yeah, uh. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it all kind of falls into that same that same sort of uh, rhythm that I've got there with that. So, yeah. I really liked, though, how it was depicted. Like, I looked at it, I'm like, this is trauma. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it just and it just it just goes downhill from there and you just watch like everyone you're going with getting worse as the whole thing goes. Other than Crowley, who's just a dick all the way through. He's the same. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's also he's, just... he's also the only one that doesn't sort of engage in any battle the whole way through as well, so he's just always sitting at the back going, Oh yeah, this is alright. Do the <laughs> I, like I was like, is he trying to get get the dude killed? Is this like some sort of passive aggressive like die from yeah, that little shit pretty much um it's also that you basically have no worth to him at all so yeah. he's just using you like a chess piece and he's like go over there and get that and you know if, if you get it then he's like oh good yes of course you did <laughs> and if, and if I, you died I, on the way then he'd be like oh yes typical all right you go do it so <laughs> which is hilarious because i i don't think anyone else if he put that chess piece in that position probably would have managed it in his army all given no his... no that's you right get your nickname. <laughs> yeah you get your nickname for a reason yeah and god damn <laughs> <laughs> oh all right uh yeah okay so you can buy bannerman on steam and the soundtrack is available there as well you can follow at armitage games on on twitter and it's Armitage Games as well on Facebook. There you can keep track of Michael's content. Be sure to check out his tutorials and documentary series. 
on the Arms Arts Games YouTube channel. Uh, anywhere else you want to direct people? No, I think that's about it. I think you covered pretty much everything. Oh, um, any final words for our viewers then? Or maybe any promising indie devs who are still watching? Oh, yeah, promising indie devs. Um, finish your game. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even kidding. I was like, no, don't I, start... I'm aware of Steam's early access. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, instead of starting a new game, if you're thinking about it right now, consider finishing the one that you've currently got underway, or maybe the other one that you've um, shelved from a couple of months ago, or the one before that. <laughs> Try finishing again. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Uh, thanks oh. so much for joining us here. No worries at all. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. It, it, it was seriously a pleasure. And uh, when you're done your next game, we'd love to have you on board again to talk about that. Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I also really hope you have a savage remark to finish that interview on, too. So you made it to the end of this episode. First off, thanks for tuning in. Your patronage is enjoyed. It would be a great favor to us if you would review the podcast and let us know your feelings on the final product. Otherwise, if you're curious for more of our content, you can check out our YouTube page at www.youtube.com slash capital C slash crit hit. We also do have a Twitch page over at twitchtv.arlian. And again, you can always check out the Discord community to touch base with us and see if we might be able to help you satisfy your curiosity about your favorite developers and favorite games. Anyways, this was Arlene, and I hope you folks have a good day.